Ksuvas Perk Yud Aleph Mishnah Dalad 11.4. The Mishnah continues to discuss cases where a widow, the Almana, sells assets that have fallen to her late husband's heirs in order to get money to fulfill the obligations of her Ksuba. So our Mishnah here wants to discuss um, what happens if she doesn't get exactly the right price. So the first, there are really, there are really three separate cases. Um, the first is Almana Shahaisek Subasa Masayim. Let's say you have a woman who her ksuba payment was 200 zuz. That's the standard payment for a woman who was never married before. Umachra. And she sells a piece of property, as she's allowed to do, as we've seen in the previous cases, shavamane b'masayim. She sells a piece of property that's worth 100 zuz, but she gets 200 zuz for it. So the lach will be, niskabla ksubasa, she has received her ksuba payment. She was owed 200, she got 200. Even though it's true that um, the piece of land that she sold is only worth 100, so kind of the winners here are really the the heirs of the estate, the Yorshim, but that doesn't matter. She got what she was entitled to and nothing more. And the Gemara makes a sort of analogous to a person who appoints a shaliach. Let's say, I make you my shaliach, I give you, you know, 10 shekels. They say, go buy me a loaf of bread. You go to the store and you find that uh, bread's on sale. It costs, you know, $5. So... Five shekels, I should say. So you come back, you know, with a loaf of bread. And, of course, the change doesn't belong to you. The shliach belongs to me because it's my money. So that's what the Gemara says it's analogous to over here. Just because she got a deal doesn't mean that the people who are entitled to own the money now don't get their money back. Um, so while the analogy isn't exactly perfect because in one you got a seller, one you got them being the buyer, the important takeaway message of the Gemara is that we are treating the widow as if she were a shaliach, an agent on behalf of the heirs. And the reason why is because, remember, they have an obligation to pay her out of her ksuba. She's like a senior creditor, if you will, because she has a, a lien on all her assets. So the Bezdin is saying she's allowed to act and sell property to get money to pay off her ksuba. So it's as if she's acting on their behalf to liquidate some of their assets to get her the money that she's entitled to. That being the case, if she gets a good deal, she still gets her just 200 and the extra land that wasn't sold, if you will, still belongs to theirs. On the flip side, if it's Oshava Masayim Bamana, she took a piece of property which in the fair market conditions would have fetched a price of 200 zuz, which would have satisfied her ksuba, but she only gets 100 for it. Still in this Kabla Ksubasa, still she's considered to have been paid off her ksuba, the reason why is because even though she got just 100 zuz, the person who caused her not to get her full amount is herself. She caused her own loss because she took a 200 zuz asset and only got 100 zuz for it. The loser is her, and they have fulfilled their obligation to her, and nothing more she can collect. That's the first case. Now, the second case says, Haisek Subasa Mane. The Misha changes the case to say that she had, we're talking about a woman who didn't have a ksuba of 200, but rather a woman who had a 100 zuz payment, dinar payment, in her ksuba. That's the other standard amount, of course, for a woman who had been married for the second time when she got married under this ksuba here. Now, there's no relevance to the change in number. It's just illustrating a different kind of case. But the principle is, it doesn't matter how much we're talking about over here. The point is, a woman who's entitled to, let's say, 100 or 200 for that matter, umachra shava mane, she sold a piece of property which was shava mane vidinar, was worth more than the total amount which she was due on her ksuba. So she was owed, let's say, 100, but she sold a piece of property worth 101 dinar. 
b'mana, and she only got a hundred for it. That being the case, she got the money she needs for ksuba, but the problem is she sold something which, you know, she wasn't allowed to sell. And that being the case, michra batel, her sale is annulled. The reason why her sale is annulled is because she had no right, no authorization to sell this tract of land, which was um, worth 101 for 100, because she only owed 100, so she had no business selling that piece of land in the first place. Therefore, her sale is not valid. Afiluhi omers, achzir dinaliyorshin. Even if she says, listen, okay, I, I understand I caused you a, a one dinar loss because I sold 101 for 100, but I'll give you that extra dinar, so I'll make you whole. I'll, I'll t- satisfy that, she says to the heirs. It doesn't matter. Michra Batal, her sale remains annulled. It's not binding because she wasn't authorized to make that sale. She can't be a party to that sale. She wasn't allowed to do it because she wasn't entitled to sell a 101 Zuz piece of land. She only owned 100. Now, Rabbi Shimma Gamil argues on a small point. He says, well, um, it depends. What does it depend on? If the whole piece of land that she sold, if she would have only sold 100 Zuz worth of it, there'd just be a little sliver of land left. And that sliver of land would anyways be useless. Like, it doesn't make economic sense to cultivate a little tiny plot, you know, that's like, you know, two by nothing. It doesn't make a difference. You know, it's too small to make any sense. So in such a case where it's too small to make economic sense on its own, to be its own standalone, you know, field or garden or something, so then the fact that she lumped it in with the sale, she's actually, so to speak, doing them a favor. They wouldn't object to it. And therefore, of course, she has to only take 100 and reimburse them, you know, the, the difference. Um, but the point is, they can't, they, they can't stop the sale um, and make it, you know, annulled. Because if you think about the story, what's happened here is this woman went and made the sale, and they basically complained. They said, no, we didn't authorize it, we want to get the field back. So we're saying that her sale would indeed be annulled because they complained. But they can't complain, um, says Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, if all that they would have been left with otherwise is some essentially economically useless piece of land. That's what Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says. La Olam, the truth is, Michra Kayam, her sale is in fact binding. Achetesham Kadesh Tishayer. Unless she left, unless if she hadn't included that extra piece that she wasn't entitled to sell, enough to be, you know, in its own right, a usable piece of property, which is how much? Besadeh, if we're talking about a field in which you'd grow grain, so then bas tisha kamen, a field big enough that one could plant nine kav of seeds in it. A kav is a volume, but the nine kav of seeds, in our Mishnah here, we assume that the kav is... Um, basically a two-liter bottle, so we're talking like 18 liters of seeds. Um, back in Mesaches Kilaim, we learned many times about the base sa'a. The base sa'a was 50 by 50 almost. There are six kabin in a sa'a, so it's not... The base sa'a is 50 by 50 or 2,500 square almost. A base kav is a sixth of that because of six kabin in a sa'a, but we're talking times nine, because talking nine cops, really it's one and a half times a base saw, or basically 3,750 square almost, if you're keeping track. That's how big. Uvagina, if we're talking about a gina, meaning a place that's fitting to grow vegetables, like a vegetable patch, those of course are much smaller. Baschatzikav, it would be the size of a field in which you could plant half of one kav, meaning like, like basically one liter of seeds and grain. That's the equivalent of saying basically um, a twelfth of a base saw, which is basically saying like 208 square amos. And, 
Ukadivir Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva held that a in, in Bava Basra elsewhere, that a gina, that a garden is available even smaller than that. He says Basrova, even a quarter of a cob of seed that you can plant such a, an area of that amount. Basically, it's basically 104 square almost. Think of it basically as 10 by 10 almost, 5 by 5 meters, something like that. So that would be, um, that Basrova is enough to consider con- useful as a as a garden for growing vegetables. And therefore, if it's less than that size, says Rabbi Shemuel, the sale would be binding. Halach, however, does not follow Rabbi Shem It follows the Tanakama, which means if she sold more than she was allowed to sell and didn't get a fair price for it, so then they can um, they can say no, it's not binding. As it happens, uh, it's very Yisrael and others explain if she sold, let's say, 101, and it was indeed they got 100, she got the fair price 101, it wouldn't be annulled because she was entitled to sell the 100. Just that last one would be um, annulled. Okay. Now that's the second case. Then we go on to the third case of the Mishnah. And the ter- third case of the Mishnah, first of all, doesn't have any real new chedushim. The truth is, um, and second of all, it talks about a, a woman who has Haisek subasa arba'a males. She has a four hundred zuz payment coming to her on her ksuba. Again, we're changing the amount. It's not changing anything in terms of principles here. That's just the other standard amount that ksuba could be. Because if you recall, we learned elsewhere that when it came to the kohanos, the daughters of Kohanim, so it was uh, not unusual for in certain towns or communities for a girl from a Kohen to get a standard suba of 400 instead of 200 zuz. If you look again back at the um, first parak, the fifth mission over there, that in the case we illustrate with that number here, but again, we're not changing principles here. What we're saying here is if she sold multiple fields, 100 zuz at a time, so the case is Haisek Subasa Arba Meos Zuz, she keeps on selling them parcels a hundred at a time. And to the last guy to reach her full amount that she's owed, the four hundred, the fourth hundred, I'll call it. She sold a piece of property worth a hundred and one and only got a hundred. So then shall Achron Batel, that last sale can be annulled because she wasn't authorized to sell a hundred and one and get a bad deal for it. But Vishal Kulan, but for the other 300 that she sold, her sale um, stands um, because she's authorized to do it. It doesn't sound a package. Each sale is separate and the, all the previous sales stand. They're binding. Now, really, this is not a chiddush. Um, if you look at the first two cases, we learned um, two principles. The first principle was if she doesn't get a fair deal to, if she is owed 200 and she sold a field worth 200 even if she only got 100 back, the sale is binding. Um, she just, she's considered to have been paid off with less than the full 200 that she got because she did a bad deal. And the second case we said was that um, if she if she sells a piece of field larger than she's authorized to sell, like 101 and she only entitled to 100, then the sale is butel. So those seem to be kind of contradictory. Um, of course, the resolution is that if the total amount that she's that she sold of the fair market value of the fields didn't exceed the value of her ksuba, then the sale is binding. She just incurs, she suffers a loss. And if the portion of land she sold was worth more in normal market conditions than what her ksuba was due to her, it's it's annulled. The deal is annulled. And the, the, so that's what this last case in the mission is illustrating. Again, we're saying the first parts, the first sales are binding, but the final sale is not binding. And the reason why the mission has to teach that really is because it seems like we're sort of um, 
um, contradicting ourselves. And therefore, the mission makes it clear so you shouldn't get confused. It's very possible a woman could you know, do a series of sales where some are binding and some are not. And even if hypothetically, to the first person she sold, she sold a piece of field that was worth, let's say, a hundred one for a hundred, that would be binding. Just she would incur the loss. Whereas once she's sold the last field, which has exceeded the total value which she was entitled to in the first place, that sale is not binding. So it's kind of confusing. The mission teaches the case explicitly here, more or less, um, as well.